The heat is on, Matt. Purple Stuff Podcast. Summer is here, and we're back at it. We are, Jay. We are in our non-air-conditioned, non-fan rooms. Yeah, that is one of those things where, uh, you know when people have jobs and they get combat pay because there's like that portion of the job that really sucks? We're doing the show, and we have to turn our air conditioning off and turn the fans off, like you said, because we can't have background noise. That's not like us. No, absolutely not. And it's absolutely awful. I'm sure you feel the same. It's like we're recording from an attic right now. (laughs) It's 100 degrees out. I was just going to say, we're in the middle of a heat wave that's going to last like for a week and a half. So brutal. I, I fucking hate it. Like, this is definitely my least favorite season. And every time I say that, people are like, oh, fireworks, oh, hot dogs, oh, carnivals. I'm like, yeah, those things are great. But no, this freaking heat. Yeah. I can't take it, Jay. You live by us. It's brutal. We're going to make it fun here on the Purple Stuff podcast tonight. We are. We have picked a subject that just dovetails very nicely into this brutal heat. Definitely. And we were driving around. Actually, we had just gotten out of a, a horror con and we're driving around like, hmm, what should we do next? kind of just came to me because thinking, man, what's hot? What do you think of when it comes to heat? And I thought, fire, let's do fire. We are doing an entire show dedicated to fire. (laughs) Fire, fire. (laughs) Can you believe it? Like, wow, what are people going to think when they hear that this is the subject? Mm, Fire. (laughs) Interesting. Like, wow, guys, are you 11? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, yeah, we are, but... What was the challenge here is like, you know, you take fire as a general theme and then you try to find things that somehow are attached to it without being just totally on the nose. Yeah, there's actually a lot out there and we got to come up with stuff that we could sink our teeth into. So I think we came up with a good list tonight. It was one of those things where we came up with the subject and I was all in on it. Then I sat trying to come up with a list. I'm like, wow, I got nothing. But in the end... Eventually, the heat just comes to you and you figure it out. So, yeah, I think we have pretty good stuff to bring up tonight. We're going to have to put on our fire retardant gear so we don't get burned. But uh, (laughs) let's get into it. I will kick things off. Good. (laughs) Number one. All right, Matt, my first pick tonight is a taste test. I found an energy drink. So, like, what better way to kick off the show than with an energy drink that fits nicely into our theme tonight? Yeah, you really found one that does somehow fit into the theme. Yeah, and this is cocaine energy drink. They have a version that is completely in a red can. The flavor is spicy. And it's got two red peppers on it, like red habanero peppers or something. Right. And and those pepper graphics are important because they indicate like this isn't like going to be cinnamon. This is going to be fucking pepper, a pepper energy drink called cocaine. Thank you for kicking off the show when we're in 100 degree heat with the cocaine pepper energy drink. What could go wrong? I have to tell you, though, I got to be honest with you. I saw this on the Internet and I said, 
I got to get this because I thought it would be something that you would like because you like stuff that's like spicy and hot and so do I. But I thought it was going to be cinnamon. Like you said, I totally am in for like a cinnamon energy drink, but people claim that it was the liquid alternative to cocaine because it has more caffeine than Red Bull. It was banned for a few years because they themselves, the, the makers of this fine energy drink named cocaine, were kind of presenting it as an alternative to street drugs. Yeah. Are we going to do it now? Yeah, let's let's open it. Okay. Get that can pop going. ASMR, oh. baby. It's, oh, my God. It smells. Oh, oh it, it smells, smells really like good, shit. though. What? It's like when you put a bunch of red vines in a bottle of water. Oh, it smells rancid. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm going for it. I'm just fucking doing it. All right. <laughs> I just spit it all over myself. <laughs> you pulled a me. Oh, it's all over me. And it's got that red dye in it, so you're screwed. I know you love those acid-washed white jeans. Oh, man, I spit it everywhere. I was like Triple H. <laughs> what the hell happened? Oh, my was it, God. Was it just too much heat for you? It's so disgusting. Okay, so... It has a very sincere burn, which is almost like weird how lingering it is. This isn't like um, the kind of burn you'd get from a hot potato chip. It honestly tastes like something that you shouldn't be drinking from like your underneath your kitchen cabinet. It tastes like something that may have been edible at one point, but has now been just kind of poisoned by age. Poison. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> it, it does include natural chili pepper extract. So there is actual hot chili essence in Ugh. this drink. It's, it's I actually, that, you like it? I wouldn't buy it for myself. Like, now, you know, I've tasted it. Now I know what it's like. I wouldn't go out and get another one. But, but I don't dislike it. Really? I'm a spicy guy. I, I, you know, you know me. I, I'll. <laughs> I put like a, a shitload of spicy chili pepper on anything, so I put this the isn't hot. Bad. Yeah, I put hot pepper and stuff. But it, to me, this doesn't taste like that at all, it, and it's not even really that hot. It's just it tastes like chemicals that you shouldn't be drinking. Okay, so how much of that is your genuine reaction, and how much of that is a front because you actually don't want to sip something with twenty three grams of sugar? Oh no, I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. It tastes like shit. It's no, disgusting. I, I think most people most people would definitely agree with you because it, it's it's weird. It's it is very, very weird. weird. Yeah. It's like, it's a very intense kind of chemical flavor, even without the heat. And then you have this massively lingering burn sensation in your mouth. Who is the the audience for this drink? Like who's buying this drink? You? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but for a goof on a show. I mean, people drink this, like they stock it in their fridge. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I, I find that hard to believe. I There's no way that, like, does this ever have a repeat buyer or is it just all people <laughs> who get it once for the novelty factor? No, it's just people who do podcasts. Who yeah, podcasts, you know, TikTok, someone's making their, their <laughs> freaky face after sipping their spicy <laughs> energy drink. And then they throw it in the garbage. Yeah, this is, this is awful. <laughs> All that said, I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. <laughs> I don't hate it. I like uh, it. If it's possible to give it a negative 3, that's what I'm giving it. Mm, uh, I think I might be the uh, cocaine spicy energy drinks only fan. Good. You could have all the rest of the cans that I had to buy because it was like a multi-pack.
Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to pass on that because this <laughs> is literally like it's unfathomably bad for you. It's loaded with carbs. It's loaded with sugar. It's unfathomably bad, but it's also undrinkable. <laughs> if only it wasn't so tasty. <laughs> You're going to hear me throughout the show sneaking sips of this. Like, I genuinely am into it. Oh, God. Well, good luck with that. You can enjoy. This is better than all those freaking neon monster drinks you force on me every time we go to Quick Check. Oh, try that Try that bright orange one. I'm telling you, it's great. I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I take a you, swig hey, and it's just you, like garbage. You love that pear Red Bull. I, I heard that for like a year. Like, oh, hey, such a, a broken, a broken clock is right twice a day. You, you had, you, you know, you struck midnight with that pair of Red Bull. <laughs> Number two. Supernatural! Now you can join the battle between brave Lionheart and evil Skull and their eerie ghostlings. Lion, you're dying! Now, Master! They change to fight with ghostly might. Turn them into the light and they change into even more powerful creatures. Now, the Lion in me is free! Take this! Supernaturals. Lionheart, Skull, and Ghostling sold separately. New from Tonka. So fittingly enough, Jay, given how you probably feel after drinking that cocaine spicy drink, my first pick is Burn Hearts. Oh, yeah. One of my all-time favorite action figures who was part of Tonka's Supernaturals collection. I think that was 1987, right? Yeah, 87. We've talked about Supernaturals here and there on some really old shows, but the quick summary, it's a line of tall action figures, and they're all, I guess you would call them, occult warriors. Yeah, they're basically like ghosts that were once like these evil lords and, and heroes. Exactly, yes, yes. The big gimmick, though, is that each figure's face and chest was actually a hologram that switched between two images because, holy shit, we were super served in the 80s with action figures, Jay. Holy cow. This was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, they figured, well, kids like action figures and they love holograms. So mix them together and boom, supernaturals. That's how it went. And so you start with their normal mode where they are something like vaguely human. And then when you turn the figure a little bit, the hologram would switch to their like monster or animal mode. Mm -hmm. So in Bernhardt's case, you have this guy, it's like it's evil knight, but when you turn the hologram, it turns into a literal fire demon. Yeah, he's like this uh, fiery ghost from hell. The other figures in the set turn into, what, fucking eagles and snakes? And then you have this guy over here who is turning into Lucifer, like right there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Before he turns to that, you said like when he's his regular facade, he almost looks like Freddy Krueger. His normal mode is an evil knight. Yeah. Putting aside the hologram part, like, just the figure itself, it's so cool. It looks like the Black Knight from Monty Python a little bit. I know you've written about this figure before, and I've always looked at it. Like, if you have the complete figure, because a lot of people have the loose figure and the mask right. is broken off and stuff. If you look at the figure with the mask on and everything, if you really study it, it looks like he's a demonic baseball umpire. 
He absolutely looks like that. There's no <laughs> denying it. Because the way that mask fits over his face is very umpire-esque. <laughs> but as a kid, I just thought he was the coolest mofo. Like, yeah. this is a second string character from a very unpopular toy line. But in my bedroom, that was like one of the top-tier bad guys. Like, he was making deals with Jabba, with Cobra Commander. He was really high-ranked. He had his own kind of uh, empire going he did he had his own army his own castle he even shacked him up with bausch leia for a little while Ooh. He was, yeah mm -hmm. years later i found on the internet that there was a series of comic books in england based off of supernaturals there's a cover that he's on it's issue number Ooh. seven he, he just looks so badass supernaturals comic book yeah i love it <gasps> how awesome is that cover right I don't know before this moment if I ever knew what art truly was. This is right? the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I, I T-shirts, tattoos, you name it, yes. it's happening. I can't get over how beautiful that is. Bernhardt. Bernhardt! Love it. Supernatural is changed to fight with ghostly might. Supernatural. Behold the supernaturals. Ghostly warriors that change to fight when they're hit with light. Because each has an amazing hologram. An eerie hologram you control with a turn of your hand. Turn them into the light and watch them change into even more powerful creatures. Change to fight with ghostly might. Supernaturals. Each soul separately move from Tonka. Number three. Charlie McGee is an ordinary child, normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one, she can set things on fire with just a glance. Daddy, I'm scared. But there are those who will do everything to control her and maybe destroy her. Charlie! Charlie McGee is Stephen King's fire starter. Will she have the power to survive? Rated R. Starts Friday at select theaters. Check newspapers for locations. Next up for me, Matt, is the movie Firestarter from 1984. And this was like a total WPIX movie. This was a big one for me when I was a kid. Glad you brought up the WPIX thing because I had never seen this movie until just like two days ago. Yeah. But I always remember that it was one of those movies that got severe play on WPIX. It did. The original story was written by Stephen King. I'm very particular with my horror, and even though this is considered a horror film, it's more of like a thriller for me. Yeah, it's not really a horror movie, but because of the Stephen King connection, it feels more like one. Yeah, yeah. And this thing really influenced a lot. I'll tell you, there would be no Stranger Things without Firestarter. When you watch this movie, you're like, wow, they really lifted a lot from this film. Um, yeah, I guess I could see what you mean there. Yeah, sure. There's a place called The Shop where they do experiments on people and the government is after some of the people who have these gifts, right? So the father and the daughter both have these basically like superpowers. So the daughter, Drew Barrymore, she has pyrokinesis, which to me is like one of the coolest abilities for me next to flying because like I would love to fly, but I also would love to set things on fire with my mind. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to decide which one I would like more. Um, I have dreams about flying all the time, but I think I would like to be able to set things on fire a little bit more. Oh, yeah. And there's some scenes in this movie, if you never saw it, like, out there, if you're listening, especially in the end of the film, where hmm. 
where Drew is like literally flinging fireballs at everyone, and it's like the most metal thing I've ever seen in my life. So that scene, the creative success of this movie really hinged on the finale because they're setting up the the fact that she has the potential to do way more damage than she's been doing. Mm -hmm. So you know you have to see it to make this movie pay off. And when they finally deliver on that, when she like, you know, brutalizes all of the bad, (laughs) evil government people, it is just endless. Yeah, it's just like annihilating everything. so gratuitous. It it, It almost (laughs) becomes funny because every time you think... Like, you're like, there's no way they're going to continue after this money shot of a guy in a little golf cart exploding. <laughs> yes! There's another fucking five minutes of people going on fire. All right, I'm glad you mentioned the guy in the golf cart, because his name was Dr. Pincho, and the actor who played him, Moses Gunn, talk about acting on another level this guy was the best actor in that entire film like he was so incredible in that movie every scene he was in like it was like he was really living in the movie firestarter you know like you could not tell that he was acting right and of course right when you're like man that guy is so good he gets blown up in his golf cart and he goes flying 50 feet in the air yeah, and it's it's so great because like there's so many shots of him kind of looking back in fear that you almost become desensitized. Like, all right, he's never gonna really get it. It's like you know, just a threat is in the air. And then after like six more shots, she just wails him with a fireball, and the entire like world explodes. Heather Locklear's film debut. She was in early in the movie. She played Drew Barrymore's mom. <laughs> Yeah, so in the opening credits, I had never seen this movie. I only knew that Drew Barrymore was in it. That's it. That's the extent of what I knew. So yeah. I think Heather Locklear's name comes up third at the top. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Heather Locklear's in this. Yeah, could be interesting. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, she's in it for 20 seconds, and then her <laughs> yeah. fucking dead body's in it for another five more. <laughs> Originally, the movie was going to be directed by John Carpenter. So you could feel like, wow, that would have been something. The interesting thing is I think the reason he didn't get it was because the thing didn't work do, out do well, financially yeah. mm-hmm. which is that, it, it's interesting because firestarter we like it you and i like yeah it, but the reception is not great on this movie right right meanwhile the thing is like a classic yeah definitely and drew's character charlie was between drew barrymore and heather o'rourke from poltergeist they were both trying to get the role and yep. drew got this one to think like back in the 80s if you were a little blonde girl it was like you're always in competition with the other little blonde girl to get the yeah. role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're there. You're in competition with every other little blonde girl to be in these horrifying movies where you just get brutalized. <laughs> so I definitely recommend this movie. Is there anything you took away from it, Matt? Talking about WPAX connections, there's this old former dude who helps out um, Drew Barrymore and her father, and I didn't realize it until after I saw the film. It's played by Art, Art Carney. Carney. Yeah, from the Honeymooners, which you know, back in the day when they hit WPAX, you knew yeah. it was bedtime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. I, I think yeah, there's a lot to be seen in this one, and, and if people haven't seen, it, definitely check it out. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm very glad you picked it. I feel like it's one of those movies that everyone is aware of, but maybe not everyone has seen because I very rarely hear it mentioned. I feel the same way. Definitely check it out. Do something bad. Please still love me. Oh, Charlie. She's eight years old. We'll have her. 
And there are forces out to get her. What if we could train this little girl? Not for what she's done. Something's happening in there. But for what she is. Back on. Charlie McGee is Stephen King's fire starter. Will she have the power to survive? Waited R. Now at select theaters, check newspapers for locations and showtimes. Number four. America's number one action hit is hitting the holidays. Arnold is at his best. Fans start running, says Joel Siegel of Good Morning America. Showtime. The best Schwarzenegger movie since The Terminator, says Michael Wilmington, L.A. Times. Arnold Schwarzenegger is... The Running Man. I'll be back. The Running Man. Rated R, now playing. Gonna have another swig of my cocaine spicy here, Jay. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So I think you mentioned something when you were talking about Firestarter that your combined dream is to fly and have pyrokinesis. I know where you're going with this. And yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so you must be really into this next pick. <laughs> Fireball from the Running Man. Yes. Oh boy, yeah, this is a guy who can fly and spray fire. It's like I was your dream. I say, it is. He's just like someone I, I wish I could be. You and I, both big fans of The Running Man. Basic gist is that you've got the governator in dystopia, trapped yeah. in a game show where he's got to survive against a bunch of what they call stalkers who are basically murderous pro wrestlers, right? Right, right. And you're no stranger to this film because you brought up one of the other guys from the movie. I brought up two of the other guys. <laughs> In fact, we had we hit Captain Freedom on one of our wrestling shows. That might have been you. Yeah. And then I brought up Dynamo on our car show. And I think what I'm getting at is that the goal is to go through every stalker by the time we conclude the Purple Stuff podcast. I was going to say, it's becoming your Power Rangers. <laughs> I can't wait for us to do our uh, ice show so I can bring up Sub-Zero <laughs> and our motorcycle show so I can bring up Buzzsaw. <laughs> This is our fire show, though, so it's our chance to talk about Fireball. He's played by Jim Brown, who apparently was a famous football player, but needless to say, I did not know that until this morning, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) You never picked it up with that Richard Dawson line about his rushing? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck rushing is. Um, He's the next to last stalker who turns up in the film, so... In our kind of language, he's like the icy champ of the stalkers. Big, huge guy with these awesome gray streaks and his black hair. Then you got his uniform, though, which looks like kind of like thermal underwear. So, uh. yeah, but he's got this hero's entrance. I mean, wow. comes in he's blowing torches at the uh cardboard stand-ups and he's doing it in like a rainbow formation yeah the demonstrations that the stalkers do before they actually go into the arena are all great but fireballs is by far the best because he's just spraying these cardboard cutouts like oh come on man he's an incredible showman though he does have a jet pack and a flamethrower yeah (laughs) so he's like flying around and spitting fire It's kind of surprising how ineffective he is. (laughs) He doesn't, I don't think he makes any kills and he only lasts like two minutes before Arnold fucks up his gas line and blows him up. How about the light? 
Jim Brown was also in Mars Attacks. I have an affinity for Jim Brown as an actor. By the way, this is another Stephen King in a row. You're right, it is another Stephen King, and another Stephen King film that wasn't really appreciated in its time. I don't even think Arnold liked this film very much. But oh my god, I loved this back then. I was in, I like, obsessed with this, this movie. movie. Me yeah, too. It yeah. was like utterly entertaining, no matter what point of the movie you landed on it, because it was on oh, cable all the time. Yeah. It's like, it could be the last ten minutes or the first five minutes, you would always sit down and watch the entire thing. And if I had to assume the identity of any of the stalkers, I think it would be him. Yes, even above Dynamo J. He's your favorite uh, stalker? If I was going to be one of them, I would want to be the guy who had the flamethrower, oh, yeah, the cool goggles, the fucking Boba Fett jetpack. Even though the jetpack was, like, kind of slow. <laughs> it's it's awful because, like, the, the movie has pretty good effects throughout. But when Fireball flies, it's almost like a fifth grade school play. When someone like behind the set is lifting him ever so slowly. Yeah, but still, he had the ability to fly and shoot fire, so it's all good. I cheers him with my cocaine spicy energy drink, which I've now almost finished, Jay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They're running men. Last season's winners. No. Last season's losers. Number five. Hey, watch this. You're gonna pull that alarm? Why not? It'll be fun. That kind of fun can cost a life. Barbecue! False alarms are no joke. They keep firefighters away from the real action. And in this business, a few seconds can mean the difference between life and death. Remember, a firefighter's job is to fight fires. Not answer false alarms. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Next on my list, Matt, is Barbecue, a character from G.I. Joe. And I'm sometimes hesitant to bring up G.I. Joe on the show because I, I don't want to alienate our, our female listeners of the Purple Stuff podcast. There's no gender rules with G.I. Joe. Yes, it was boy targeted, but I'm sure plenty of females were into. I am totally with you on that. I never cared about the gender rules. Back then, for some reason, with G.I. Joe, I felt like that was just something that was like kryptonite to girls my age back then. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it wasn't don't... their fault. It was because we <laughs> yeah. were taught it by yeah. TV commercials and our yeah. parents. Like, nope. Uh, it's like, Jesus Christ, you were afraid to even walk in the Barbie aisle. It was like, <laughs> it was so stupid. It's one of those things I'm really glad we've kind of course corrected with over the years. Yeah, definitely. So Barbecue first appeared in the G.I. Joe toy line in 85, and he was also part of the animated series, and he was in comic books and all that stuff. And he wasn't a mutant. He wasn't some apocalyptic marauder with crazy hair. He wasn't inspired by a venomous reptile. He was just a normal fireman. He's a fucking fireman from Boston. Boston, yeah. He had this cool face mask and helmet. He looked like a space fireman. I'll be honest. I had him as a kid, and I'm like, the first thing I did, first order of business was to just drop the whole fireman facade. I'm like, nope, <laughs> you are my alien space yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> my bright red cherry alien space man. <laughs> and to me, uh, it's not even any of that that made him cool. It was just like his file card made him really wacky if you read the file card. I was surprised, and then I was more surprised by the end. I'm like, I can't believe this is real. Like, is this one of those, like, <laughs> photoshops? They describe him as a thrill seeker, 
and he loves knocking down doors and smashing windows with his axe. And he's described as a party animal. He says he can open up bottles with his teeth. Like, I guess what they didn't want to say, they probably want to say like a beer bottle. And then he picks up quarters with his ears, which I don't, is that a thing? Because I've never even heard of that in my entire life. Well, it's a thing when you're loaded, and if you read between the lines, this fucking barbecue was loaded all the time. <laughs> so, like, his entire file card is just coming up with euphemisms for hard drinker. Yeah, but then the third thing, this is where things take a, a real turn, and that is that he could wrap his lips completely around the bottom of a quart of Coke. Why would he wrap his lips completely around the bottom of a quart of Coke? It was like one of those things where the writers of the file card were like snickering to each other when they put it in. And like, let's see if we can get this passed through Hasbro. You know when you have like 10 things to do at work and there's one left and it's 453? Whoever was <laughs> writing these file cards, this was their 453 <laughs> appointment. Because like, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, this has nothing. This is telling me nothing about this man other than the fact yeah. that he drinks and puts his mouth around things. Like, what are you doing? It just makes no sense. Well, I know it makes perfect sense, Jay. I mean, we've been inebriated with each other enough to know that, like, would you have been that surprised if one of the times we were really drunk, I turned to you and said, I bet you I could fit the bottom of that bottle in my mouth. That's what's going on no, with you're, barbecue, you're right. the hard-drinking party animal of the G.I. Joe franchise. Holy shit. So the final line of the card is the best. It says, you may well ask how all this affects his function as the G.I. Joe firefighter. <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't. It simply makes him a more interesting fellow to have around. That, to me, there you have it. It, was like, it's, it should say on the front, codename barbecue, firefighter, and interesting fellow. <laughs> <laughs> the, most, uh, the most secretly fascinating character in this franchise, apparently, is barbecue. Smoke! Let's get out of here! Ow! Don't go out that door. It's barbecue. You might let in poisonous gases. Stuff something under the door. And stay low. That way you avoid the heat and gases that rise upward. Remember, if a fire breaks out in your home, always test the door first. If it's hot, find another exit or yell for help. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Number six. Now you can see all the excitement and adventure of the Congo in your local theater. Or you can taste it at Taco Bell. Introducing the Volcano Burrito, piled high with seasoned beef, beans, rice, a blend of three cheeses, and flowing with fiery red sauce. If you're hungry for excitement, get the new Volcano Burrito at Taco Bell. But hurry, at just 99 cents, a taste eruption like this won't be active for long. So, Jay, as you know, Congo is one of my favorite movies. You've loved that movie since it came out. You've seen it, right? Yeah, We've absolutely. Yeah. I didn't see it in the movies, though, originally. I didn't see it when it was out. You've seen every other movie. I guess Congo was the sole exception. <laughs> you saw Ruthless People seven times. Congo gets zero. <laughs> Ruthless People. Ruthless <laughs> People. So, uh, you've seen it, so you remember how the movie ended with all of the heroes and the evil gray gorillas stuck on a volcanic island that's spewing lava everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, already on brand for a fire show. But I want to zero in on one specific fiery thing attached to this movie, and that is the Volcano Burrito from Taco Bell. Great choice here. This is 1995. The thing with Congo is that it was 
thought to have the potential to be kind of like a Jurassic Park level blockbuster. So Congo gets a toy line, a pinball game, tying shit with Pepsi, and this major promotion at Taco Bell. Well, that's because they were the only franchise with the balls to do a Congo tie-in for fast food. So in the Taco Bell promotion, there was a series of TV commercials where they literally like fashion an ancient stone Taco Bell restaurant and chuck it into the lost city of Zinge. Yeah. So it's so cool. So cool. Awesome. I loved it. In the promotion, you could buy like Congo wristwatches. You'll discover the legendary taste of Taco Bell. And while you're there, get three exciting Congo the Movie Collector's Watches. Or you could eat Congo's official Volcano Burrito, which has become one of Taco Bell's cult classic menu items. It is. And they build it as the spiciest burrito ever. Yeah, so it's totally fitting for this show. At the start, they're pretty normal. Beef, rice, cheese, usual shit. Then they add this lava sauce, which, of course, is inspired by the volcanic end of Congo, Jay. And uh, this spicy sauce, that's what's made this burrito the stuff of legend. If you look it up, like people are just wild for that lava sauce. The way uh, this whole thing ties into my life is that I went right to Taco Bell to try this because I think they say in the commercial that it was a taste eruption. And I'm all in for taste eruptions. I wanted to be a part of that. You're big on the TEs. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that the most beloved discontinued Taco Bell menu item is rooted in a movie with Grey Gorillas and Tim Curry. I respect this pick. I really love this pick. But from the Taco Bell side, I feel like the creativity was just the drizzling shits, as it were. Because you have a limited tie-in for a movie, like you said, with Tim Curry, right? And I disagree with just taking a regular burrito and then putting the fiery sauce on it and calling it a special limited edition thing. Because to me, it's not special. It's just a burrito, right? Okay. Well, you know what? You, you take those thoughts and you could go over to the <laughs> other side of Taco Bell and buy yourself a fucking wristwatch, okay? <laughs> no, but, no, hear me out. Hear me out, right? So here's how I would have done it, okay? You know when you're in middle school and kids in like TV shows have science fairs and then like a kid makes a volcano that actually erupts? Well, yeah. this is my proposal, is that they make a small mountain shape out of all the innards of the burrito and then cover the innards in the burrito tortilla. And then you got like a little button and it spurts out the fiery sauce to replicate the volcano. Uh, look, I'm, uh, please, it's it'd be amazing. But what are we charging for our burritos at Taco Bell these days? $270? <laughs> No, but I I would be willing you to pay wanna, You want to sell a burrito in a pyramid shape <laughs> that comes with a button that spews out lava sauce. Okay, I would pay $27 for that. Well, so would I. If you, if you, can, get, if you can make the price point $27, this is the greatest idea I've ever heard. But a button-pushing volcano burrito sounds like it costs way more than that, Jay. I know, but it would be super limited. There would only be like 50 people who can get it, and it just comes in a special box. You'd have to spend 12 hours getting to the one location that has it. Hmm. I have to say, I hadn't considered this special box. I love this idea. Where? It's fine. We're flying. We're going to the jungle. Amy wants green drop drink. No. Amy wants green drop drink. All right, all right. You'd swear they were married. Number seven. 
I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm sweltering in here. I've got sweat on my brow, and I've reached my final pick of the evening. And that is the fiery battle on Mustafar between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi in Revenge of the Sith. This would have been criminal to exclude because it is just so freaking hot. In that it, is, scene. it is, it is. And this one, uh, actually, it was a pick that you were thinking about, and I swiped it from you because it's too good to not talk about. And Mustafar is a planet literally described as a volcanic hellscape, which I think just those two words right there is like tremendous volcanic hellscape. So awesome. Yeah, it lives up to it because I mean, it really is like ugh. whatever you want to say about Revenge of the Sith, like that planet is pretty affecting. Like you feel the heat emanating from your television when you watch it now. Absolutely. So it's a pretty crazy lightsaber duel on the streams of lava as these guys are going at it. The downside is that there's times when it looks like a Sega CD video game. There are, there are, I mean, it's, it's so weird because there are CG moments in that film that are really brilliant, I think. Yeah. And then there oh, are absolutely. parts where it's like, okay, another 453 job I see. Yeah. They were like balancing on those hunks of steel floating in the lava. And those are the times that are like, uh, I don't know. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's like you're, it's like you got a picture in front of the green screen at Great Adventure. Again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So absolutely crazy finale. And we knew that this battle was going to happen. And I think all of us Star Wars fans knew that this was going to be the finale of the film, obviously, you know, because you know how the story goes already. Uh, we yeah. just maybe didn't think it was going to be as torturously depicted as it was. <laughs> oh, my <Right>? God. <laughs> it is like, it's so horrifying. Really horrifying. And I saw this in the movies maybe 10 times, I would say. We knew that Anakin killed the younglings and broke Padme's heart. But come on, give the guy a break. Yeah, nobody deserves <laughs> yeah. this. He just gets up completely destroyed. <laughs> Kenobi jumps onto the land and then Anakin leaps after him and then Obi-Wan chops his legs off with the lightsaber. So right there, you know, like, wow, this just got real. And then we continue to watch Anakin lay there on the hot stones, and he's on fire. So his whole body he's burning, catches but it's fire. Like, he's it's burning like up. lava fire. So it's like, it's, oh God, he's just smoldering and smoking and just flaming, and it's awful. It's awful, and he's just there on the ground crawling around, and he tells Obi-Wan, he's like, I hate you, which I think was pretty low-key as a response from a guy who just, you know, he, <laughs> he kicked your leg out of your leg and then <laughs> he let you burn up the, the obvious there, Annie. Exactly. And yeah, it was like a flaming mess. His hair just torched up. He was like the fiend at TLC 2020. It's literally like a scene out of a Freddy Krueger movie. Yeah. A Freddy Krueger totally. movie. I sound like I, what a, a Freddy Krueger movie. <laughs> movie. But it's, it's so gory and not just that it's not like a couple of split second shots to sell the idea i think some of the longest single shots in any star wars movie are of anakin burned up writhing on the ground yeah like you get eight crazy, seconds man. looking at this 
you really do feel bad for him in that moment, even though knowing the, the bad stuff that he's done. But then all the bad stuff he does after that, then you hate him again. And then he builds a fortress right in that same area to commemorate his torture. Yeah, which I don't get. I mean, of all the planets that he could have built castles on, why <laughs> would you pick the one with these dad memories attached to it? Maybe it helped him in, in dark side matters. I don't know. I think it was prime real estate for first time Sith home buyers. That's <laughs> true. It, it was a large property. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. I have. I actually have a, a model, like a statue of Vader's fortress, and it has all the volcanic, all the lava dripping down and stuff. It's so cool looking. Is that the one you got in Disney? One of our friends sent it to me. Hey, you're going to Disney? Can you get something for me? <laughs> By the way, can you can you ship me this 800 pound yeah, Vader's yeah, castle? He, he's thinking you want like a maybe a koozie or a keychain. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's the Mustafar Castle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you don't break any of the spires, please. Yeah, it'll be eighty dollars to ship it. <laughs> yeah, fucking nut job. <laughs> so you know how we grew up with the originals. There are kids who grew up with the prequels, and I wonder how this scene affected them. Because when we saw it in the theaters, it hit, but it was you know not like the end of the world. But if you're a seven-year-old who grew up on the prequels. That's got to be a lot to deal with. Could have went either way. It could have been something that they maybe wanted to hold their eyes over or just something that they couldn't wait to see this guy get his comeuppance. He was just done dirty in those films. He was a victim. <laughs> he shouldn't have killed the younglings. That's the whole point of the story. Yeah, I mean, the, the killing younglings is pretty hard to justify. I can't talk my way around that one. So yeah, that was a mistake <laughs> on Anakin's part. He should have known better. <laughs> you were the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this and not join them! Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness! Number eight. Flaming hot Cheetos, anyone? Flaming hot Cheetos, so hot. Careful where you eat them. Cheetos, flaming hot snack. Dangerously hot. Okay, surprise, Jay. We're gonna do another taste test. What? Two in one show. The first one was such a smashing success. I was gonna say, I'm glad I didn't drink that whole bottle of cocaine. Well. What I have for you here, we each got a bag of the new Cheetos Flamin' Hot Pepper Puffs, which are supposedly the hottest things Frito-Lay has ever released in the States. Yeah, I'm glad you brought these to my attention because I had never heard of them. And I never had regular Flamin' Hot Cheetos, so I don't know how to even compare them. So I'm, I'm just comparing the fact that you have limited Flamin' Hot experience with your earlier reaction to the spicy cocaine drink. I think we're in for a treat with your reaction here. <laughs> but before we open this bag, I just have to point out it's a really great bag. You have Chester oh, Cheetah God, eating yeah. a pepper puff. And you see the snacks are actually shaped like big fat chili peppers. Let me ask you this. Before I rip open this bag, do I need rubber gloves to handle these? Will they peel my fingertip skin off? They won't peel your fingertip skin off, but you will be able to draw things on the wall for about two days. 
because these are just covered in dye. The reason why I asked is because uh, I didn't know this. I'm sure you were aware because you're, you're a fan. The dust on Cheetos is called Cheetle, and that it just sounds like Don Cheetle to me. I, first of all, just to establish, I did not know that the Cheeto dust was called <laughs> Cheetle. And uh, beyond that, I cannot believe that somewhere in your notes you have bring up how Cheetles sound like Don Cheetle. <laughs> That's not in my notes. It just made me think of Don Cheetle. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, he's a good guy. It's it's, it's yeah. fine to think of him. You know, no no issues there. I love Don Cheetle. Are you opening me it now? Too. Okay. All right. Uh, let's okay. do it. All right. Here we go. All right. Don't eat it yet. Yeah, I'm not going to eat them. it yet. They don't smell offensive. They are extremely reddish. Super bright red with the Cheetle. Yeah. And they are shaped like little chili peppers. They even have stems, which is cute. Yeah. You ready to do this? I'm ready. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I forgot that they were puffs. Like, meaning there's crunchy and... What's the other kind of Cheeto? Um, well, there's uh, Cheetos and I don't know what the well, fuck. These no, Cheetos saying... puffs. These are like Cheetos puffs, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, is that what they call them, puffs? I don't know. My I... mouth's on fucking fire. Stop <laughs> asking me questions. These are fucking hot. These are not that bad. These are actually very good. I like these. I like them too. But have three and tell me that your mouth isn't on fire. I'm on four. They're spicy. Yeah, they're good though. I'll actually have to throw this bag away once we're done recording, because if I don't, I will eat the whole thing today. But they're really spicy. Like, a norm person that doesn't do this would be probably a little offended by the spice level. Yeah, I could see that. To me, I'm not a fan of puffs. I like the crunchy. If they make them crunchy, I'm in. Mm, this is uh, this is pretty good. I'm, I'm into this. Mm. I like it. I like it way better than the energy drink. Which, uh, by the way, I ran out of water like three sections ago, so I am washing down my pepper puffs with the spicy cocaine. That's so disgusting. That's going to affect the flavor of the Cheetle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one out of ten on the Cheetos pepper puffs. What are you going with? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight. Hmm, pretty good. To me, the flavor is very good. The only thing that detracts it, and I know they wanted to make it a pepper shape, which I really do like. I'm just not a, a puff guy. I, I like crunchy Cheetos better. I was going to just say eight, too, but I honestly think there are nine for me. They're so distinct. Like, to me, these have a chance of becoming maybe this generation's Cheetos paws. Like, the kind of thing that they eat fucking tons of, and then it's gone in a year, but they <laughs> never shut up about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are interesting. I do enjoy these. I like them a lot. I'm glad, guy. <laughs> Yo, kids, here's a flaming on Cheeto Snacks. Go, go, go. Boom, Chief, there's no fire here. Just flaming hot Cheetos. Here, try one. If you can handle it. That was our fire show, Matt. You there? Oh, you just, I thought you're, maybe you were burning up. Well, parts of me are. I'm still eating these pepper puffs. Ah, uh, 
I hope you have a fire extinguisher over there. <laughs> I don't even have a smoke alarm, Jay. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see. How are we going to handle our thing? I think we go traditional. Go traditional? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. All right, let me uh, run down your picks. You had a lot of good picks. Fireball from The Running Man. Last season's losers. You had the Congo Volcano Burrito. Amy. And the, uh, the obviously the Cheetos Flamin' Hot Pepper Puffs. And Supernatural's Bernhardt from 1987 action figure. Quite an eclectic mix here on the fire show. I love all these picks. and It's hard to pick one specifically. I'm not going to go with the Puffs, the Pepper Puffs, even though I did enjoy those. Mm -hmm. And Supernatural's is out. It's narrowed down to Fireball from Running Man and the Congo Volcano Burrito. And I think I'm going to go with Fireball from Running Man because he's just such a badass. Jim Brown. Love yeah, that dude. yeah, man, I love it. I love that Fireball is walking off with a title belt tonight, Jay. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's such a badass. Let's get a Fireball action figure. I could see like NECA doing a Running Man series or something. I'll buy all of them. It's amazing that it hasn't happened. I don't even know if I've seen customs, and I totally I should because this is just a, such good material for a toy line. Really, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I was tripping on my words because I got so excited, Jay. Well, plus your mouth is probably, your, your tongue probably burned off. <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped up on literally 4,000% of your daily allotment of sugar, and I'm eating Cheetos Pepper Puffs, and, and it's fucking 110 degrees out, and we have no air conditioning or fans on. So, yeah, this and is the, the, the Scoville uh, number in your blood is like 1,000. Yeah. Well, like, we are suffering for our art tonight. <laughs> So we have Fireball as yeah. our first uh, champ. Yeah. So how about my list? What do you think? All right. So you brought up Firestarter the movie featuring Drew Barrymore as a pyrokinetic or telenetic. What the fuck is that word, Jay? Pyrokinetic. Yeah, pyrokinetic. Pyrokinetic little girl who sets people on fire, blows up golf carts, shoots <laughs> massive fireballs at houses. Just yeah. out of control. Yeah. Then we had Barbecue from G.I. Joe, who, um, what's that thing on his chest? Because it makes him look like one of those cartoon dogs that carry barrels of brandy around. What is that supposed to be? Is that like his water tank or what's going on there? I think it's just his fire gear. I don't know. Just so he doesn't get burned in, in fires when he's saving dogs and cats from buildings. Um, all right. You also did Anakin Skywalker's uh, not death scene, but I guess, you know, destruction scene from Revenge of the Sith, where he is just writhing on the ground with no legs. And it's like 15 minutes of the film and it's just brutal. <laughs> and you also brought up the spicy cocaine energy drink. Yeah. The warning on the can, which I guess was uh, mandated by the court, says that this product is not intended to be an alternative to an illicit street drug, and anyone who thinks otherwise is an idiot. Literally says that on the can. <laughs> I didn't even see that it said that. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm going to put Anakin away. It's not going to be barbecue as much as I enjoy him and his fucked up weird file card. <laughs> and party tricks. Party tricks. Uh, so we have what are the other two? Fire cocaine and, and fire starter. Okay, so cocaine or fire starter. This is a really big decision, and I think I'm gonna go with fire starter. Nice, because uh, it's a movie I've always wanted to see. Yeah, and for me, it 
actually exceeded my expectations. You weren't quite on board about the Stranger Things tie-in, but like, wow, if you watch that movie, to me, it's like there would be no Stranger Things without this movie. It's like, it's almost like the exact same storyline except for the fire. <laughs> so I guess you're right, because like basically Drew is 11. Yeah, and exactly. The shop, the shop is the fucking Modine yes. space in Paul Reiser place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what else connects it? The um, the Demogorgon is Art Carney. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, Firestarter, Firestarter, and Fireball, a match made in heaven. Hollywood is ruling the roost tonight. Two movies have made the championships. Yeah, I'm very excited about those two picks. Great picks here tonight on this uh, really very hot show. We're not like exaggerating for effect because it ties in with the theme. It is brutally hot while we're recording this and we are both trapped in just completely <laughs> dead air rooms. Yes. Awful. Thanks everybody for listening. So if you guys could leave us a review somewhere, that would be great on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. That'd be awesome. We'd appreciate it quite a bit. Yeah, but before you do that, go on over to our Patreon and send us money. <laughs> Patreon.com slash purple stuff. That's where you can access our bonus shows every single month. And thank you everybody for listening. We hope you're enjoying your summer. And this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time if we survive the pepper puffs. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, 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 mm. They're just so fucking mm. flaming hot. Mm. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.